Warning, the following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, you goddamn fantastic people, and welcome to the podcast, Movie Reviews in 20 Qs, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird or wonderful questions about it. I am your host, Sam, and I am joined this week by one of my usuals, Liz. How are you going, Liz? Oh, I'm top notch. In no way am I slightly hungover from my two beers last <laughs> night. <laughs> Fucking rock star life. Now, Liz, you were oh incredibly God, excited I... about this, weren't you? Because... I, I mean, yes. usually I float movies out to you. I was like, hey, do you want to do the original Terminator? Me, Machu and Kahu are doing Terminator 2 next week. Be good to get a little retrospective. And then I was like, do you want to do Lost City? And then I was like, fuck yeah. No, you said, do you want to do Lost City with Emily? And yes. I was like, fuck yes. I could hear the waterfall coming from you from miles away when you realized Channing Tatum and Brad Pitt and Sandra Bullock were in this film. I actually didn't realize about Brad Pitt. Like, I hadn't noticed that. So when he turned up, I was like, who's the guy going to be? And because Channing Tatum had talked about, oh, we need to get a guy like Extraction, I was like, oh, my God, is that Chris Hemsworth? Because I thought that would be really funny. But then when it was Brad Pitt, I was like, no, I'm still okay with that. Okay, so this makes no sense to me because when I told you about the film, you're like, oh, my God, yes, look at the cast. By the cast, you just meant Channing Tatum, right? You're just singling out one fucking person? No, and Daniel Radcliffe and Sandra Bullock, obviously. Okay. Okay, well, the other person, I mean, look, fuck, we can't do a Sandra Bullock film without getting in. Sandra Bullock's biggest fan, number one stalker, restraining orders and all that sort of stuff. Emily, how are you going, Emily? Good. I would have been mad if I wasn't included in a Sandra Bullock movie, so thank you for allowing me to force my way in. No problem. Listeners, I'd like to point out, I'd like to point out that Emily has Sandra Bullock as her display name on our video <laughs> chat, so... I- I do, and I'm not recording from my usual spot where I have a poster of Sandra Bullock behind me, so I'm really embarrassed right now. I'm disappointed. I'm not even mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm a little bit disappointed because last time we had you on to do a Sandra Bullock film, we did it with Machu, who, if anybody's listened to our podcast, listened to at least one, like four or five episodes that he's been on, they realize how much he hates Sandra Bullock. Are you disappointed he's not here, Emily? Have it out with him again? I, 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 was, I would have been ready to fight him, but also I can... You know, just relax, rest up for the next battle because he comes in hot and he he loves her. We did Demolition Man. I know he loves her and he won't admit it. And we're going to keep working on that. (laughs) Yeah, I I personally have had enough of Machu shit takes about Sandra Bullock. (laughs) To be honest, I've had enough of Machu shit takes. (laughs) She could tell by how abusive I was in the last episode with him. Yep. Anywho, yep, The Lost City has a score of 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb, has a score of 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, uh, p- plot of the film. Liz, you saw it the most recently. That's why I went and saw it last night at 6 o'clock when I knew you were going to an 8 o'clock session. What's the plot of the film? What's the plot of The Lost City? I hate you so much, Sam. You always do this to me. Mm, eat shit. Okay. Uh, I, I actually thought last time I would have a plot ready to go so I could just read off it and pretend that I was making it up on the spot. So like I would look really smart, except I forgot to do that. So here we go. A romance novelist uh, gets kidnapped by a crazy billionaire because he wants her to translate some shit so he can find some cool treasure. And her cover book model comes after her to try and save her on a nice tropical island where a volcano is about to blow up. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That was the best effort I have ever made um, at describing a plot, in my humble opinion. Yeah, it's funny, because the exact same words you use are the exact same plot description on Wikipedia, so that's pretty good. I don't think that's true. <laughs> Probably not. Anywho, if you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 questions about it. We start with 10 that can be applied to any film. We then move into three personal questions that we thought of while we were watching this film, and then finish on a Patreon question. One where we start with compliment sandwich. One for good, one for bad, and one for good if we like this film. Or one thing bad, one thing good, one thing bad if we didn't like it. Uh, Emily, why don't you lead us off? Okay, I have a compliment sandwich, obviously. (laughs) What a surprise! (laughs) What a surprise. Even if I didn't, I wouldn't even admit it ever on the air. But I do, genuinely. This movie was what I wanted it to be. It was basically the 2022 version of The Proposal. Very similar tone. I wanted that after seeing Bird Box, etc. I wanted something lighter. So it, it matched up with what I wanted. I rented a theater to watch this movie alone. What? Okay. 
I rented an AMC theater. I paid $100. I let my family come and I made them sit behind me so I wouldn't see them while I was watching the film and I could pretend like I was alone. And You can do that? Yeah, since COVID, AMC will rent you uh, the bad theater that doesn't have reclining seats. $99 I paid and watched it by myself, basically. That is amazing. That's actually quite reasonable, but that's still better insane. (laughs) I I had a great time. I loved it, and I didn't feel like I had wasted $100, so I feel like that's a pretty, like, you know, that's pretty solid. Uh, The problem is it was not as much Sandy B as I would have wanted. It was not a Sandy-led film. It was more of a two-hander, more of even if I was going to pick a protagonist, it would probably be Channing Tatum was more so the focus than Sandra Bullock. And I think that's unfortunate because I want a movie about a woman over 50, not a magic mic. Uh, But I did like the smaller touches, I think, the movie did a good job of sticking with a formula that's enjoyable while also adding its own little twists like Brad Pitt's arc was surprising and Channing yeah. Tatum was not exactly what you thought he was going to be. He had a little more to him. So it wasn't totally like by the books. It was a little something different. You know, I would say overall solid. So uh, how many uh, purple sequin jumpsuits are you giving this film? <laughs> I would give it a solid uh, 7,200 purple sequined jumpsuits. All right. I'm so disappointed not to get a high purple sandwich from you, Emily. So disappointed. They got to be, they got to mean something. They got to come out when, when it's a, a demolition man or a miscongeniality. That's true. That's a good point. Good point. It's about authenticity, Sam. <laughs> you wouldn't understand. Oh, no, I wouldn't. I have no fucking idea. Talking about no fucking ideas, what about you, Liz? What do you got? Like, at least two ideas, so shut up. Yeah, so, all right, I am also giving this movie a compliment sandwich. I actually think it was more than I expected. I oh. went in thinking, oh, yeah, this is this is going to be kind of funny. Like, it's going to be lighthearted, fine. I, I really liked it. So I found it very funny. I laughed out loud a lot. I probably annoyed half the cinema because I did not rent a cinema to watch it by myself, and I had quite lou- uh, loud laughs. And I always seem to laugh like, one second before everyone else. <laughs> like, it's like I get the joke just before they do it. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. And they're like, oh, ha, 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 ha. And I'm like, yeah, I already laughed at that. But um, yeah, look, I quality lines in there. Knock, knock. Ha! <laughs> what? <laughs> that, that's not what I meant. Although actually, maybe, maybe, I, maybe it is. I don't know. I did find the side story weird. Like the whole um, Beth and... Oscar from The Office, which I was like, is that Oscar from The Office? And it was Oscar from The Office, which was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what is going on? That was all just quite a weird thing. I felt like I was missing some kind of in-joke or something. Like, it was a play on something else and I was didn't get it. I don't know. But, well, I mean, it was fine. Oscar, I think Oscar was reprising his role from The Proposal, genuinely. Not exactly, but in that role, he was a weird stripper in Alaska who danced up on Betty White and Sandra Bullock and this felt of very course. similar. <laughs> I'd forgotten that he was in that. So, yeah, um, okay, that that makes a little more sense. Yeah, I was just kind of like, what's going on? I don't know. But um, on the other good side, I really liked how it ignored common tropes or turned them on their head. So how you had that Channing Tatum wasn't there saving her. They were more like just saving each other. Like what the treasure turned out to be. The Brad Pitt came in and then how his arc uh, ended so abruptly. That was awesome. I got to say, as you said, yeah, I, the Brad Pitt arc was fucking was good. I'm going to say that it was. That good. was quality. It was the perfect timing of it because I was just absolutely shocked when that happened. I feel like it really uh, reminded me of Steven Seagal's arc and Executive Decision, <laughs> where you think he's going to be like the key player, and then actually he gets like sucked out of the aircraft at like a third of the way into the movie. That's exactly the same thing with Brad Pitt. So it was awesome. I'm going to give it more purple sequin jumpsuits. Then Emily, I'm giving it 7,993. Oh my God. This is great. I would absolutely watch this movie again. Like for what it was, it's not like I didn't, I need it to be like super deep and looking into like hardcore archaeological shit or whatever, but it was better than the fucking mummy. I can tell you that for free. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm coming out swinging, Kim. The the best part about this was when I got home, I said to Stacey, I bet you Liz loves this movie. She's like, really? And I was like, sure, why not? (laughs) Why? I was like, I don't know. I bet she just fucking does. I bet she does. It was great. I was tired. It was funny. Channing Tatum was super hot. 
And actually, to your point of him being the protagonist, I think it's just that he has such incredible charisma. Like he's just someone who really shines and like takes takes steals the scene. You know, he does. I yeah. I was against him for a long time with no reason to be. I was like, who cares? I didn't see Step Up, but when you see him, you're like, all right, I get it. <laughs> Fine. Like I just, as I said to you guys before, I've never. I can't think of a bad movie with him in it. Oh, I can. Oh, fuck me. I know I you want me to watch it. What was the movie? Jupiter Ascending. Go watch that and then come back to me. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I must admit, when he first came out, I was like, he's just a pretty boy beefcake type yeah. thing. And then when he did 21 Jump Street, I was like, holy shit, this guy has yeah. some comedic chops. And 22 was all right as well. I think that was about the time I was like, yeah, he's, he's right. And this is the end when he has that cameo at the end. I was like, yes. yeah, that was good. That was really good. That proves that he just is totally okay with just taking the piss out of himself. Like he really has no problem with making himself look like a complete dick, mm. which is makes him awesome. And I'm also happy to say that, like, well, com- <laughs> I don't know, confident, okay. Yeah, I'm confident in my own sexuality to say that Magic Mike's actually quite a good film as well. Like it's not, yeah, it's actually, yeah. It's actually got a quite a good storyline behind it. It's not just dudes, you know, stripping and taking the shirts off for no reason type thing. So, yeah. Well, I mean, there is a reason they're hot, and we want to look at them. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Why don't you tell us your horrible comments about the film, Sam? (laughs) Okay, so my first good thing. Uh, My local mall has installed a KFC beside my movie theater, so I was driving back from... (laughs) Hold up. (laughs) So I was driving back from one city to uh, my hometown, and basically I was like, fuck, can I smash a feed in the five minutes before I get to the film? And I was like, I can. So they gave me a full feed of KFC, so I went into this movie real happy. That's my first good thing. (laughs) But My first bad thing. Oh, yeah, it's Machu 2.0, motherfuckers. (laughs) They come. First bad thing, there's a pretty bold choice to make both of the leads incredibly unlikable. Like, <laughs> Like, yes, it's, it's subverting expectations, but she is just such a whiny, moany, like, oh, I don't want to be this, I don't want to be a writer, even though it's made me successful. And like, sure, she comes around at the end. I get that. Her husband's dead. Yeah. She's grieving. Yeah, I know yeah. that. I know that. But like, it, it doesn't make any sense that she would like, she gets chances to run away, and then she's like, no, nah, I'm going to go find this tomb anyway. And you're like, that just goes completely against your character. And even, even like, the funniest scene for me was when they killed those two dudes. And then they're both, oh, that was they're both justifying yeah. it. So I was, like, I was like, that's all right. But, like, at the same time, man, I, I didn't like either of them. I found them both fucking annoying. What didn't you like about him? Oh, just, like, he, he's so doofus. And when, unless the plot asks him to not be doofus and be kind and caring and sensitive, and then he's a doofus again. It's sort of get played for laughs, but at the same time, it's, like, not true to the character. I don't know. There was just something about them that I was just like, oh, fuck these people. That's fascinating, because actually with him, I found, like, I, I really liked all these little touches they made to show how he was really caring to her. Like, there's a moment where they get up to the top of the cliff, and he just sort of gently puts his hand on her back and, like, just guides her forward. And, like, it was just an example of how they really tried to show that he genuinely had her her issues and and her safety and stuff in mind. Right. She brought her those boots. You're safe now, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, terrible. That, that was my last bad thing. Uh. The humor felt so cringe. Like, you were saying it was awesome and you're laughing at it, Liz, that maybe you're the demographic they're going for. But for me, like, so much of it, I was like, oh, my God, this, I just feel awkward. Unfortunately, yes, uh, I am giving this a shit sandwich, but I'm giving it 4,998. It's not okay. a massive shit sandwich. And, like, I could go either way, but it's, like, just a real middle-of-the-road mediocre film. And, like, look, part of me is probably gutted that I'm not a highly successful author and I get to go on book tours with Channing Tatum. Like, that's probably one of the (laughs) biggest problems I have with this film. But at the same time, it's just wasn't enjoyable. I don't know why. I just don't know why, but it wasn't. I'm shaking my head at you. Good. I can't believe I'm doing this to you, Emily. I still love you, but this just wasn't the Sandra Bullock movie for me. (sighs) <sighs> okay, let's move into our next set of questions. These are quickfire questions that uh, we sort of answer quickly, surprisingly. First question, which character from this film would you guys definitely not get to house at your place? I am going to say Alison, because she <laughs> would throw loads of parties and she would definitely call my mother a slut. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. That would not go down with, well with my mother, by the way, so... I was quite horrified hey, by that. I was like, what? <laughs> like, why? What? 
But she would make your social media presence really good. Like it would look like you were would at she? the party. Would she though? <laughs> like, yeah, she'll, not sure I agreed with the use of hashtags. We'll discuss that. She'll later. take heaps of unflattering shots of the back of your head and shit like that. Yeah, It'd be great. I uh, w- would not want Brad Pitt to house it for me because what's he doing? Like, what's he getting up to? What's he doing when he's not saving people? It's all very suspicious. I don't know where he's coming from. I wouldn't let him in there. I also had Brad Pitt because I was like, how good is he going to be at protecting your house if he's missing half his skull? So, Sam, he's using a different 10% of his brain now. That's all. <laughs> just that pure body. That did make me mad, actually. <laughs> that was really weird as a thing. I was just like, wait, what? That, uh, that is the one thing I will say was bad about this film. <laughs> yeah. The one thing. Oh, I've got more. <laughs> Anywho, no, uh, totally. next one. What was the most insane leap of logic in this film? I'm going to say that it was once Julian died that Ruffy would keep helping Abigail. I, I just feel like this indigenous guy that's supporting him, like that's working for him, didn't really want to be working for him anyway. Obviously, he was pissed about him, like going in and destroying, well, you know, uh, disturbing the the native gods or whatever, mm. and. There were like three of them at that point against Daniel Radcliffe, who is not exactly like a giant buff man. Like, I get he had a gun, but I'm pretty sure the three of him, them could overpower him. Yep, yep. Related to that, I, as much as I liked the fact that Sandra Bullock was like carrying on her husband's archaeology and that that was what she had gotten into the books for, her being able to translate that scrap that was like four symbols with no sort of key or anything, I was like, give me, like, there should be, she should have seen that cave first and been able to translate based on context clues. There was, they, they didn't give me anything to allow me to suspend disbelief on that. And then she yep. was hiding it. The way she just curled it up and shoved it in her shirt, I was like, this is very disrespectful to this artifact. That's yes. everything about that laminated stra- scrap just stressed me out. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. Like, because they were really simplistic symbols as well she sort of solved it like without letting the audience know which was weird that it was like oh did she just she figured it out and kind of none of us were clued in and she just knows it now it was there was no like i need more of a comedy the audience is stupid aha connection to happen yep not gonna lie that was on my list but the one i had was similar to liz was like the bit at the end where he like where radcliffe decides hey you guys jump in that tomb and just lie here and die it's like you've got them dead to rights like why not just shoot them and fucking go on with your day sort of thing like why give them an opportunity to come back and get you but the other one too like like you mentioned about them teaming up it's like sandra bullock and jenny tatum went through the hole first why not stand over top of that hole and wait for radcliffe to come out of the hole and just slam him on the back of the head i I thought that like just drop on the back of his head take his head off and then just fucking you know grab the gun out of his hand the guy crawling out behind him, he's just going to fuck off. He doesn't want to be there. We know that. You know, fuck that. Yeah. It was really, yeah, I agree. I feel like they, they lost a trick there a little bit. Yeah. Uh, final one. What character from this film clearly needs to get lewd? Abigail. The poor fucker was just wound far too tight. <laughs> she oh, did, man. Like, she did. I, I said, uh, yeah, I said Daniel Radcliffe because that he was, he had nothing else. I was like, you know what? I wouldn't have minded if him and Sandra Bullock had a little something. <laughs> Yeah, like a little bit of chemistry. Yeah. I'm going to go Although, with the lady that was singing that song and dancing with Chad and Tatum. I reckon after that, she would have been hot to trot, man. She would have been like... <laughs> you couldn't blame her, really. You can't blame her. Um, can't blame her whatsoever. I did like how uh, when Sandra Bullock was trying to pull the trick about the liquor and the cigar, and she started like acting kind of sexy, and he's like, are you trying to be sexy? Like, what's going on? Like, he, <laughs> like, he just totally called her on it. Like, she was like, Hey, how you doing? He was like, what are you trying to do? <laughs> that was excellent. I like that he didn't fall for it. I thought that was yeah. very yeah. funny. I can set your world on been fire. Quite good. Oh, God. Cringe. Yeah. It would have been quite good if he, was, if he was like, oh, well, we can talk about that after the, you know, after we find the treasure or something, you know, like that would have been kind of funny, but it was good that he didn't fall for it. Yeah. Anywho, moves us over to our Patreon questions, the first of which comes courtesy of our man, Chris Yeni. You're the fucking man, Chris. Uh, his question is what, Emily? What song would you insert into this movie and where? I'm going to say when they get out of the coffin and the volcano is erupting around them, I'm going to go with Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire. That's not bad. That's not bad. I thought so. You know, I fall down into a burning ring of fire and the flames (laughs) rise higher and it's all about love. I would have gone with Simon Garfunkel's song, Mrs. Robinson. 
when Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum start hooking up at the end. <laughs> Mrs. Robinson. I'm just going to see if Liz... I liked that. Do you, know, do you know the implication behind that, Liz? Do you know what that... Yeah, the graduate, of course. Yep, older woman, younger man. a complete man. moron. Yeah, yeah. Yes. 16-year age difference. Absolutely. Apparently. Which I thought was cool. I loved that. I thought it was cool, though. but it, it felt forced and cringe. I, yeah. No, I didn't find that. I felt like it was just like, hey, yeah, legit, older woman. Because it wouldn't have felt forced and cringed if it was the other way around. Like, it happens in every single fucking film. So it's really nice that Sandra Bullock was just like, yeah, I'm going to get on with this badass young dude. Even though there's this badass older dude who's more appropriately my age. Although they probably would have got it on had he, you know, not had his brains blown out. (laughs) Probably. She seemed pretty keen on Brad Pitt. I love that we was just like, um, perhaps we could just like stop staring lovingly into each other's eyes while people are shooting at us. <laughs> that was great. I uh, would uh, go with very obvious. Hit me, baby, one more time by Britney Spears when Channing Tatum is trying to cl- come behind Brad Pitt and take credit for any of the fighting that's happening. Oh, that's good. I love that. Okay, I like that as well. That was the right fun. part. That was probably what got it up towards the 5,000 part was just slapping every dude on his way down. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, the slapping was gold. Like that he couldn't even punch him, but he was like just giving them a bit of a bitch slap. That was awesome. That yeah, was pretty cool. <laughs> Next question, also a Patreon question, comes courtesy of our mates Nick Haskins, who runs Nikolai's Kitchen, but also does a live stream for The Cure. There will be a promo for that at the end of the podcast. We are going to be behind it. I'm blanking on when when we're going to be on, but uh, I'll put something in the show notes and I'll uh, be promoting it a little bit more towards the time. So what's this question, Liz? Uh, All right. He would like to know, what kind of meal is this movie? I've just put a tub of popcorn, which I realize isn't a meal. But it is to me when I go to the movies and I haven't had dinner, so I'm just going to go with that. It's like, it's fine, but you, ne- you don't remember it. It's not like, oh, fuck, that was mean. It was like, this standard. That was actually my meal last night for dinner as well, so there's <laughs> no judgment here. Wait, you said a type of popcorn? Are you tub. saying a special kind? I was going tub because we, we get them boxes here in New Zealand, but oh. I'm catering to the American audience. They go, I got a type of popcorn at the movies. <laughs> Is that what we sound like to you? Oh, pretty much. I got a tub of popcorn not, at the movie. Yeah, that's exactly not me. it. That's exactly it. <laughs> I uh, went with hot dog with aioli because, number one, I used to get a hot dog called a Scott Baioli at a place in LA. That's pretty good. And it's like all American, right? It's easy. Like everybody's kind of not going to have a problem with it, but they're kind of like, eh, it's kind of garbagey. It's kind of filler. But if you like it, you like it. And that aioli adds, it's a little something different where you're like, oh, it's not just ketchup. It's something else. Good description. Fancy. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with tapas because I feel like it was light, but it had quite a range of things Ooh. to suit all to. You know, a bit of action, a bit of comedy, a bit of romance, you know, covers covers yeah. all the bases. Fair enough. Uh, moving over to next question. What was the biggest dick move in this film? Um, am I allowed to choose chloroforming someone and putting them on a plane to a tropical island? Yeah, I see. I, I wrote that down. It was like kidnapping a woman. I was like, this is too easy. It's too obvious. <laughs> The only, the only thing I'll add to that is I legitimately felt terrible for her when she was, like, tied to that chair and she spent the whole night there. I was like, man, surely she's going to need to go to the toilet or something. Like, what the fuck? I was like, that, yeah, that, is, that was legit. Yeah. Like, he was like, I'll give you anything you want. And then he couldn't even give her a fucking bed for the night. Like, yeah. come on, man. What an arsehole. Lock her in a room. She was, yeah, it's so weird. She was just on a chair, like, out in the open. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I know. I'm going to go with... After she's just been forced to go on a plane and travel to a tropical island that she doesn't even want to be at, then they made her go in the back of the ute, the pickup truck, like to the camp. And I was like, really? You couldn't put her in the seat in the car? Like (laughs) making her sit in the back of the truck? That's rude. That was so crazy. I did like clock that. Like, wait, was there not room in the car? Why isn't anyone back there? Like, what is... Why isn't she inside? Oh, no, Ruffy was in the back there with her. But still, oh, he was I was like, really? You couldn't put her in the front seat or some shit? I don't know. Mine was, I didn't even think about the kidnapping or the chair. I <laughs> just was really mad that Channing left the car because he wasn't supposed to. He was supposed to stay with the car. And I didn't like that he went after Brad Pitt. Because if I was Brad Pitt, I would have been so annoyed. And I just thought about how annoying it was for Channing to lumber up behind you, slapping people, and you're trying to do a, a special ops mission. That was the hundred percent. That was the start of me not liking him. Where it was just like, you're such a dum dum. You're not supposed to be there. You know, just fucking follow this guy's instructions. <laughs> like you, you know, you're not good at this. Like I know your heart's in the right place, but these are like dangerous dudes. You're not dangerous. Oh. 
But actually, no, the biggest dick move was when Brad Pitt got Loretta back to the car, Sergeant Bullock back to the car, and then he steals the, shh, you're safe now line. I was that like, was. That's so rude. I would have done that. That was <laughs> so rude. That was really rude. That yeah. did make me mad. He deserved his head blown off. That's probably a controversial opinion. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, the the only other thing I had was like making her wear that jumpsuit. Like I know it sort of became a character in itself when they're in the jungle, but like they kidnap her, but they don't have a change of clothes for her, put her in something comfortable. Instead, she had to wear that poor jumpsuit. Yeah. And then and then I started thinking, like even the filmmakers making Sandra Bullock wear this jumpsuit for the entire film. I was like, fuck that, man. That thing does not look comfortable. To be fair, she wore about- it so well. She did. You know they must have had 15 of those things. You know what I mean? For all the different times it got worn. I was like, oh, my God. The costume department had to find or make 15 of this insane sequined outfit. Sequins were definitely everywhere in, like, the trailer. You know what I mean? Mm. What a nightmare for everyone to deal with just, like, physically. They didn't have 15, Emily. They had one and it was on loan, okay? (laughs) Anywho, over to our next Patreon question, which comes courtesy of our mate Julio of The Contrarians. Contrarians is an awesome podcast where they rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. So they take a film that's universally beloved, argue why it's crap, or take a film that's crap and argue why it should be universally beloved. Uh, go check them out. There'll be a link down in the show notes. Anywho, what is your question? Emily. What's your most controversial opinion about this movie? I feel like Daniel Radcliffe was underutilized. Like he had this awesome manic super villain energy that was just too super weird but he had quite um his lines weren't that good like his were the worst lines in the film generally and i feel like if he had better lines and he had a bit more chance to like show his range and stuff he would have just added total value he's quality we did an episode on the old guard and you remember that was like a former harry potter star that was just like a snivelly whiny british rich dude you know what i mean like is that what's happening now they're just pulling them out of the fucking woodwork to be snivelly whiny whingy Maybe, but they should have actually not seen him as that and actually used him. Like, yeah, I, I know. He actually has got some decent range. Yeah, he does, and he's been doing some mm. weird film choices, and he's always like quite good. And so, yeah, I was I was pretty disappointed by that as well. Yeah, although um, it doesn't matter what he does, he's Harry Potter. Like you can't help but bring a Harry Potter there. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, my one is Sandra Bullock should not have been in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's face right now. Much oh my god. Two point I just. I just felt like she was a bad choice for this. And then I was thinking to myself. Who would you have picked? Exactly. Who would I have picked? I was thinking, who would have been a better choice? And then I thought Jennifer Aniston. And then I would have thought, no, but then the Brad Pitt, nah. Jennifer Aniston would have been the stunt casting. You know, it would have been them trying to make lovey eyes at each other. They would be pretty awkward and weird. But I saw, I've just still written Blanchett? down Jennifer Aniston. I don't know why. Yeah. What about Kate Blanchett? No, you want someone who could do comedy really, really well. Nah. And that's not Sandra Bullock <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Emily. Right. I'm so sorry, Emily. Uh, here's what I will say, okay? I understand this was not the Sandra Bullock movie I wanted it to be. It was the movie I wanted it to be, but it was not a Sandra Bullock vehicle. And I will give you that. And I enjoyed watching her, but it's not a role where I'm like, it only could have been her like a miscongeniality or the proposal or of forces of nature. So, okay. And my controversial opinion also has to do with her, unfortunately, which is... Uh, she is a gorgeous 57-year-old woman, and the face tuning is out of control oh, in yeah, this film, yeah. and it was in, in Ocean's 8, too. It was distracting to watch her blurred face in this film, and I'm sure they did it to the men. I'm sure they did it to everyone. It like wasn't as notable. I don't know, but it to w- look at pictures from the film versus what she looks like. She looks great. She looks phenomenal in real life, and it's so exciting to have a movie with like this woman who's 57 is the star of this action comedy and she's with the hot young dancer man. But yeah. then to blur her face into oblivion, it's like, well, what's the point then? Cast a 19 year old. What are we doing here? Ugh. Totally yeah, agree. Totally fair. Yeah. I, I think she's a, yeah, I totally agree. I was watching her in that purple jumpsuit and then the red dress and she's beautiful and like still in amazing shape and everything. So yeah, I own it. I felt like Brad Pitt, they fully made look his age yeah he looked like a little like a little grizzled in a good way Mm. she just nothing about like her outfit and everything it was all great to to then take her face and just blur all the edges of it was it made her look like michael jackson yeah (laughs) 
That's exactly what I thought of. And that's like one of my notes on my phone. I was like, is this Michael Jackson? Because they always do. They make the nose too pointy and they give like a real like chin divot when they do that kind of blurring. And Ocean's 8 was the first time I had really noticed it. And now I'm just like, I can't, I want to go back to a world where they didn't just, I can't even watch people's faces. They're going to blur that. This isn't Instagram. It sucks because yeah, they do that to anyone. It's, yeah, they do it to anyone, but it sucks because Ocean 8 is a great example where it's like, it could have been good if they just let her do her thing, but because they blur in their faces, it takes away their emotion and their range and all that sort of stuff. And this, yeah. this was one of the problems is like, she just came across to me as just such like a devoid of emotion and like, you know, like again just sort of like one note sort of thing of oh i miss my husband i don't want to be doing this it's just like okay like when when he says to her at one point he's like this is the most excited i've ever seen you and it's just like you can't even see her face crack you know <laughs> it's still the same face yeah. that she's had for the she entire film a- yeah it, she and you see it a little bit when she does and yes it's like her same shtick but i watch her movies for her shtick where when they're wheelbarrowing her away from the fire and she's going uh, like making like a because uh, there's like smoke and stuff in the air like she makes such ridiculous funny crazy faces like she she pulls ridiculous silly faces and then they just have her z- zapped yeah. like that year that was really bad for nicole kidman where they zapped her and now her face has settled yeah <laughs> i just Hopefully, maybe in a couple of years, Sandra Bullock will get like a prestige TV show and they'll let her look 57 with money. But <laughs> until then, I'm very displeased. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, fair call. Anywho, moves us over to question number nine. Also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of our man Dan Brennick of Netflix and Swill. Also a live stream for The Cure. Can't wait to catch up with those guys very soon for that. Uh, if Netflix and Swirl is also an awesome podcast, which covers all things Netflix-related. Uh, yeah, go check them out. There'll be a link down in the show notes. Um, so, yeah, what's this question, Liz? All right. Uh, he would like to know who the true MVP of the movie is. It can't be the main, so I think that means we're cutting out uh, Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Purely for her performance, I went with the social media girl, played by Patty Harrison. She, like, <laughs> Allison. Uh, yeah, Allison. Yeah, like, there was no... She didn't contribute anything to the plot of the film, but like the the one note that I wrote down in my thing. Okay, first of all, I had emailing photos of her feet. I was like, what? The f-? And I was like, what the fuck was that? But we chatted before the podcast. Remember that Sandra Bullock asked asked him, "Are you the guy that's been emailing photos of feet?" So it wasn't that. But the one line that really got me was the one when she started talking about how her friend had gone, and she was like, "Oh yeah, one of my friends had gone," <laughs> and then we put out an APB, and then they found her. She was dead, but she wasn't gone. <laughs> she wasn't gone. It's like she wasn't like missing. Yeah, she wasn't missing. She was just dead. I was like, that's fucking hilarious. That was fucking. It was quality. Awesome. Yeah. I was torn on two for MVP, and I. Well, is one of them Beth? Because I'm, I'm go... choosing Beth. So okay, good. Choose one of mine one. was Beth. So you go Beth, and I'll choose Rafi because, yep, as Beth. cheesy as it was. When he left the crowbar for them, when I saw him slip it into the tomb, I was like, oh, my God. And then I was truly, like, really excited. Like, they're going to find it. When they're in there, they're going to find the crowbar. And then they're going to – I was, like, waiting for them to find it. Like, I liked having this secret with Rafi that I saw him (laughs) drop it in there. Even though it's like, of course he – like, of course he did. Of course they're fine. Of course they somehow leveraged from below. Whatever. I liked him. I thought it was hilarious how Channing was like – who leaves their crowbar? <laughs> like, like he didn't get that it was on purpose. That was Wait. awesome. Um, I'm going to choose Beth because I just think good on her for getting out there and helping. Like even after she'd sent these other people, she was still like, oh, no, I still need to do more and I'm not getting enough support from the authorities, so fuck it. I'm just going to go. And she's out there like she's taking a ride on a cargo plane from a weird dude and then she like turns up to the cops. Were they the cops or were they the boat hire people? I don't know. Regardless, Who but, fucking knows, man? Yeah, but they were probably both, honestly. Like, yeah. like it's a small island. Many jobs. People multitask. But I really loved her speech to the cops as well, where, uh, to those people, when she was just like, look, because you think it's going one way. She's like, I've been working really hard and I have really sore feet and I just need a massage and it's really hard. And I thought she was going to be like, so you guys need to shut up and help me. But actually she was like, and I know you have too. And we both deserve like a relax. So won't you just understand that and let's help each other so we can just feel good or something. And I was just like, oh, I really like that. And it, yeah, I just thought she was great. 
I was so glad that she got a like a vacation at the end. I wanted that for her, for her to be able to take a break and not worry. Because look, when your client is going rogue, if your biggest money maker is like, I'm not going to write my books anymore, like that sucks. That's tough. So oh, I was glad that she could maybe take a nap. Absolutely, and that she got her back and her feet massaged at the same time, and that she didn't mm-hmm. like they didn't have her hook up with Oscar, where she was just like, Hey, you're here, but you're just my platonic friend. Yeah. You know, I don't know what that means, but I like the sound of it. <laughs> You're an angel. How did you know? This, this character has... Then I didn't get. Oh, I think it was just being weird and random, but... weird. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it had, like, way more nice. depth than I expected from a character of such a small role, you know. Him and that relationship yeah. with the goat was a bit weird, though. Yes. <laughs> but that's exactly, the, like, the exact kind of role he had in the proposal, where he was, like, weirdly a, a big part of it for how small his role was, because he kept, like, trying to dance on everyone, and Sandra Bullock was not interested, and it was like, what a what a strange, like, in her version of the MCU, Oscar is just a freak. <laughs> Listeners, this will come as a shock to nobody. I've just been nodding along every time these guys talk about the proposal. Take a guess of, as to whether you think I've seen it. Oh, I think we know the next Patreon request that you'll be making, mm, Emily. Eat shit. Anywho, that moves us down to question number 10, the last of our questions before we ask our personal questions. And this week's number 10 is how long would you guys survive in this movie's world? Well, I feel like the most dangerous thing they came across in the jungle were the leeches. So not exactly that dangerous. And I'd never be caught dead in a purple sequin jumpsuit, mostly because I couldn't pull it off as well as... Sandra, so I think I'd be fine. I was thinking about it depends on how mean Daniel Radcliffe got if we found the treasure and it wasn't there. Because I was like, I would help it. Like, I would keep pretending to help him. I would stay there and be like, oh, yeah, we got to go over here. The scrap says to go here. Like, I was thinking about how I would play it to try to help him. But then I think once you're in that tomb and you see that it's seashells, at that point, he might have killed me anyway. (laughs) So I probably would have survived up until that point. But I wouldn't have run off to just wind up in the exact same place. I would have been with him down in that cave. The problem I have is that there's one buff bald dude in this and he fucking falls about 7,000 metres to his death. So I'm like, <laughs> is that me? And he, yes. <laughs> is that my... And he fucking, he fucking deserved it too. Yeah, he absolutely deserved it. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean, written down long than Brad Pitt. I'll definitely survive longer than him because if he was like, stay at the car, I'd be like, fuck yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll go back to the airport if you want. I'm fucking, I don't even know why I'm here, dude. And the, but then I thought to myself, if I get, if I was in Sandra Bullock's position and, you know, Harry Potter fucking kidnapped me, like, <laughs> I reckon I would have whinged and moaned so much about how hot I am, how I need to go to the toilet every half an hour, how hungry I am. You know, like fucking like just moans the entire fucking time that they'd be like, let's just take him out in the bush and just fucking give him to our worst enemy. Let's go dump him at some village that we hate and just get rid of this guy because he's such a pain in the ass. So I'd I'd survive forever. It's that meme from The Simpsons where it's like me being thrown back after my kidnappers have held me for six hours and all I've done is talk about like movies or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Being thrown back through the window. Yeah, they would have tossed me back. It would have been amazing. Yeah. I wish I could toss you back most of the time. Like if, You've tried yeah, to toss me a few times, Liz. It's not... Yeah, I realized as soon as I said that that it sounded dodgy, and I was like, please don't let him pick up on it, but then of course you did. Of course I fucking do. That's where my brain lives, Liz. Yeah. Anywho. It's disgusting. Anywho, let's move over to our personal questions. Can't wait to answer some of these. Emily, what do you got? What do you got there? What famous person would you least want to pluck leeches off of the butt of? Uh, speaking of disgusting, uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, see, oh, see, I ruled out the likes of him and Cosby and Weinstein and stuff. I was like, I've, I've got to go with someone a little bit different. But I, understandable, Liz. Well, his is, it's not just because he's a creep. No, it's mostly because he's a creep. <laughs> but also, I hate him. And also, he'd be quite old oh, and wrinkly. And yeah, no thanks. Very wrinkly. Yeah, he's not an attractive man. I, I've got medals. I've got like a bronze, silver, and gold. Emily, do you want to hear all of them? Go on. Yeah, okay, so, I'm worried. So the bronze is Britney Spears, because if anyone follows her Instagram, they'd realise how batshit insane she is, and I can't imagine what, what it would be like to pluck leeches off her butt cheeks. And then second would be Julia Roberts, and then Matthew McConaughey first, because both of them are heavily known to not believe in showers, and apparently both of them just stink. Oh. But Julia Roberts? Julia Roberts doesn't believe in showers because she thinks it's Where like, did you hear this? Oh, you know, when I was Googling this about five minutes before we recorded the podcast. I don't. I can't accept it. I was like celebrities that don't shower and apparently Julia Roberts doesn't believe in showering because it's like, you know, 
harmful to the environment. She like doesn't believe in soaps and shampoos and all that sort of stuff. She just, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not sticking your face in there. No, I know, but like, do you really? If you're pulling, she was pretty close up. Yeah, she was massively close, and then she turned around and got a full frontal as well. Like, could that you was quality. imagine how much those Neverisians would stink on a person that hasn't showered for, like, at ages? But um, on that note, when she gets the full frontal, I coined an amazing new term because what she then did was a bit of a soliloquy about his dick, which I'm going to call a sediquily. Sediquily. <laughs> or a dickiloquy. Okay, a dickiloquy. That's what it was, a dickiloquy. Liz has got a dick stuck I in her mouth right now. I like that for her. <laughs> it was really weird. It was so like, weird. I was like, this is, she's a, she's she's a, seen a dick before. woman. I know, but the picking off his butt, like having to get down close to him, I was like, she shouldn't, I, I, I just like, this is undignified. I'm just going to say, you guys, perfect time to go for a piss break, by the way. Perfect time. Liz, I know that's an answer to one of our later questions, but it was a perfect time to go to the bathroom, I think. You didn't gain anything no, from that. No, because... I, I actually was looking it up because I was trying to think of when, when I was trying to think of an answer to that question, and someone was like, "You could go when the leeches start getting picked off if you didn't want to see nudity, or you could go after the leeches getting picked off if you do." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "Yes, that seems about right." Fair enough. All right. Well, the next question has to do with food. So, you know, what food would a kidnapper try to placate you with, like Sandra Bullock and her cheeses? Yeah. Speaking of that, I loved the lunacy of the cheese bar like where he's like i didn't know what che- kind of cheese you like so i got them all i was like you got all cheeses like all cheeses that well, was amazing that was like looped back with the string cheese that channing tatum brings for her that was so sweet oh, yeah that's so nice and she was so happy about it whereas with the other guy was she was like Ugh. and then the best part of that was when the wall opened up and the plane happened and then she started being pelted with cheeses and i was like this is fucking madcap and i love it so fyi amazing little bit of that movie that i just thought was gold for me i think they would be absolutely successful if they had a dessert bar with just like lollies like candy and cake and chocolate and donuts and all that sort of shit i'd be like i don't care what you want just just keep this bar in front of me at all times and i will be the happiest girl alive fair enough i, I mean, love sugar the obvious answer for me is obviously kfc but no it would be like fine cuts of steaks that would be it if just like all these different types of steaks and beefs and stuff i'd just fucking be in heaven um, talking about that bit where she gets powdered by cheeses, Machu 2.0 is coming for insane. Probably one of the best bits, seeing Sandra Bullock get powdered with cheese. Probably one of my favourite parts. It was really funny because she's just kind of like trying to cover her face while Daniel Radcliffe's like standing there like super proudly like, look at the amazing spectacle I have for you. And just the whole thing was insane. Yeah. I just loved it. That's right. Hover jet. It's like, you look so fucking bizarre yeah. right now, you fucking knob. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Uh, okay. Question three, which I'm starting to worry I've asked on another Sandra Bullock episode, but I don't care. I want everyone's take. (laughs) Who is Sandra Bullock's best leading man? If it's for her, I'm going to go with Keanu Reeves. I love them in speed. I don't care what fucking Kahu says about the movie. It is a good movie. And so, and I just, I think they had good chemistry and they look good and stuff. But if we're talking about just straight up for me, then I'm going Channing Tatum. (laughs) That's who you want to see her with. Well, so no. that you can see him? It's like, who is her best leading? He's the best leading oh, man the if best. I get to bang him. Gotcha. Yeah. Fair. I'm just saying, I, I like Channing Tatum. I just, I wanted Channing Tatum to get to get the, the respect that he deserves. Just, um, yeah, I still preferred her with Keanu. Because, come on, it's Keanu. Yeah, I feel like you did ask this on the Demolition Man one, and I feel like I did answer with Keanu, and that's why I've written down no one. I feel like Sandra is a force of nature, and she's, like she doesn't need anyone you know she's your she own don't woman need no man <laughs> she doesn't need no man she is a force of nature like this movie would have done really well if they hadn't had the romantic element between the two of them that felt way too forced yeah. and shoehorned in that was no like but we don't need it every time that's what, like my problem with this and it, like okay i'm just gonna do a quick plug for we watch the thing i i we're not gonna do morbius on this podcast because fuck like fuck i can make anyone else watch that but I talked about on that how like it didn't look like they were going to have a romance between the two leads and then they forced one in. 
This felt like that to me. Like when they get pulled up on the rock and then the bit at the end where he's like, hey, you have a turn of writing this. Oh, okay. And then he just kisses her. Oh, just kisses her. I was like, oh, no. Kill me. Get me out of the cinema. As soon as the credits started, I fucking bolted. I put a mask over my entire face, except for like one eye hole, so no one could recognize me. And then I ran out the fucking door, realized I forgot my phone, ran back into the cinema, grabbed my phone and ran back out again. Okay, well, I think that you should take a lead out of Channing Tatum's book, where, well, out of Dash McMahon's book, when he realized that actually there's nothing wrong with bringing people content that they love, which is why you were watching that film, Sam. So don't be embarrassed. What the fuck are you talking about? But also, um, I totally get what you mean. For me, that movie is miscongeniality. I don't think she needed to have the romance with the guy. Exactly. That Absolutely. Yeah. But I liked it in this one because, A, it, turned that age trope on its head so she got the relationship with the younger man and I felt like it was good to bring her out of the slump of grieving from her husband like for her to see that there were other options and other futures that were possible but I do agree with your overall point like the other one bird box like I know she had a relationship with um one of the guys in there but like even that just didn't feel necessary like I, I when Sandra mm. Bullock's just like like she can carry a film she can make it awesome but when they been too hard into that sort of romantic side you get all about Steve <laughs> Yeah, I want. Don't. I want. Don't. I want another one from her that is like a miscongeniality without Benjamin Bratt. That's kind of what I wanted The Lost City to be. And it's what I thought it was going to be because she's like this writer and she has her own career and stuff. So then it was like, well, I'm sad because of a man, but now a new man's here. I was like, all right. I mean, I still enjoyed it quite a bit, but I want another one of those roles for Sandra Bullock. As much as I think she does pick great guys to work with like i think she uh, tends to work with people that i like but like she's never paired up with someone where i'm like i hate that guy i hate melissa mccarthy more than i hate any of the people she's been paired with <laughs> really i don't like her no i don't like her talk about that sometime but let's not talk about it now let's move on to <laughs> no, before before that like yeah i i completely agree with you emily like channing would have worked better as like a i don't know goofy sidekick that helped her overcome the fact that she never left the house, the fact that she, you know, wouldn't get over her husband. Like, if he'd just, like, propelled her to that and been that wacky sidekick slash confidant slash best friend, that would have been fucking awesome. But, no. Anywho. Anywho. Let's move over to my questions. Uh, I came up with these before I even saw the film. And then, except for one of them, I, like, rewrote one of them to include one of them. But, obviously, the film gets played for last in terms of Channing Tatum as this cover model who, you know, does CrossFit but wouldn't know how to fight anyone like we sort of talked about and he's pretty damn useless. But I want to know from you guys, what famous Hollywood hunk would be the absolute worst at coming to rescue you? Army Hammer, because he's going to get hungry. (laughs) Yes! There's the winner. That's quality. Pull out now, Liz. You can't be that. Mine doesn't beat that. But I'm still going to give my answer, which is Robert Pattinson. I feel like he'd just be such a wet blanket, and, he'd, and I'm sure he'd be completely impractical. And he wouldn't well, even be exciting to see because I don't think he's good looking. So he'd be like, oh, hi. He, he is a stunning in person, not on screen. But I forget. Sam, did you tell me this story that he like he had a he had a fan that was stalking him outside his hotel oh, every single yes. night when he was filming? That. And then yeah. – he ate with her. He like was like, let's have dinner. And then he was so boring. She never stalked him again. Like, So that's what would happen. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. uh, she was waiting outside his place in somewhere in Spain when he was filming a movie in 2008. And then, he, yeah, he just got bored and said, hey, do you want to go for dinner? She's like, my parents own a restaurant. And he's like, sweet. And then he complained about his life for two hours and how much he hates it. And then she was never there, never saw her again. I would it's be amazing. awful in the jungle. Imagine listening to someone complain while getting gnawed on by a leech. Yeah. My hot take on this was The Rock. Like, I could imagine The Rock being so, like, obvious. You know what I mean? Like, he could never be inconspicuous or anything like that. Like, he'd be walking along and be like, oh, my God, it's The Rock! And he'd stop to have photos with people. And you'd be, you know, like, fucking bench-pressing shit. And you'd just be like, dude, you're supposed to be giving me the fuck out of here. What are you doing? He's like a human purple sequin jumpsuit. Yeah, he is. He is a human one. Oh, he'd have no endurance. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to fucking be able to carry you anywhere. He'd be fucked after 10 meters. No! He needs to eat his 200 pancakes. Those pictures he posted yes. of his cheat meals make me want to throw up. He's like, here's the 80 pieces of sushi I ate, and here's the 14 cookies that look dry. And I'm like, ugh. He'd be in like some sort of weird diabetic coma after the second day or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Do you eat keto? Because it, it looks like you eat keto. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. 
Okay, my next question is the one that I rewrote into it. Can anyone please explain to me what the fuck happened at the end there? So we see them on the rock, he rescues her, and then what cuts to what looks like the next day and he's had a haircut. But the nana, that slut, she's like reading the book. She's like reading the ending of their story. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? I think it was just their relationship dynamic. Like they made it seem like that was their first kiss or whatever, but I think she just always made him nervous with how smart and beautiful she was, like, and with the age gap. So he just kind of was weird around her all the time regardless. (laughs) So, yeah. That had to be like a year on. Like she's written another book. It's Mm. been published. She just completed the book tour, and now they're finally taking a break together. Maybe she's been too busy working to kiss. So maybe she's been waiting. So they've just yeah. basically put their relationship on hold for a year, and then that's the first time they've hooked up. Or maybe I'm not them, Sam. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> Personally, I found the I found the Brad Pitt credit scene much weirder than the ending. <laughs> Never saw Did it. You leave before that, Sam. I, I okay. left way before well, whatever so that is. Do you know what happened? No. Okay, at the the end credit scene. Brad Pitt is in their yoga class and he's alive and they're like, how are you alive? Your brain was blown open. He's like, oh, you only used 10% of your brain and now I'm using the other part. And then they're just like, oh, it made me so mad. It was so weird. It was an hallucination. Like that's the part that was confusing. That's the part where I was like, is this a joke? And then the final thing he says is like, yeah, as he's like, um, they were like, oh, we thought you died. And he's like, yeah, I do hold a little bit of resentment for that. He was my favorite character in this by Miles, by the way. Like, oh, he was brilliant. F- fully stoic. I must admit I did have a bit of a laugh when he was like, when he's like, you don't pick the horse by its color or whatever, and he'd pick that tiny car. I was like, that's, that's kind of funny. Yeah. That was good. That's not yeah, bad. Yeah. When, when you had that giant, dirty, like, you would you absolutely thought that was going to be his truck. Yeah. And then, no. That wasn't too yeah. bad. Do you know what? I was impressed by the fact that that fucking suitcase stayed on the top of that car the entire time. Yeah. Is that I don't I didn't understand that that was like magic that like, that should have been the part where we couldn't where we it was a leap logic. of logic it almost was mine um because like she got thrown out of the car yet somehow this that suitcase which wasn't even tied on stayed on I was like wait what Maybe there were a lot of magnets on the roof a lot of magnets but none inside the car to keep Sandra Bullock in her chair inside none at all well she's not magnetic <laughs> the chair's made of metal it's got screws and stuff in it Liz come on man. Yeah, okay. Anywho, uh, as we talked about throughout the film, Daniel Radcliffe has kidnapped Sandra Bullock because she has specialist knowledge about these hieroglyphics, even though we obviously think that's complete bullshit. But I want to know from these two, what specialist knowledge do you think would prompt a sociopathic posh British dude to kidnap you and use you for your specialist knowledge? What would it be? What would it be? Playing a clip of any movie or TV show or cartoon and being like, who's that voice? Who is that? I know that face. Who is that? And I could be like, that's Danny DeVito. Or somebody <laughs> more difficult than Danny DeVito, you know. But I I am driven nuts by like, a, who is that guy? Who is that face? Like, I have to solve it. And I feel like I'm very good at it. And I feel like I can hear voices on Family Guy, Bob's Burgers and stuff would be like, oh, that's Paul F. Tompkins. And so if Daniel Radcliffe wanted someone to watch TV with and be like kind of annoyed every five minutes when I'm like, look, that's that guy from that thing, then we would have a nice time. Maybe they'd have some obscure animated TV series that actually, you know, details where a treasure's hidden, but you don't know who the fuck it is, who the actor is. We're like, and we need to figure out this actor so we can now go ask him the rest of the show, like the rest of the other parts that got cut out from this show or whatever. I'd be like, oh, Kate Blanchett. <laughs> exactly. That'd be awesome. I found it tricky because I'm a, such a generalist, aka I know a whole bunch of really random shit about unimportant crap. I'm going to just say my ability to Google. Like, I'm just really good at formulating excellent Google queries and finding the answer to what I want. And it actually kind of ties in with Emily where I can hear a thing or see a face and be like, Oh, I know that actor from somewhere, but I don't know who it is. But then I can come up with an amazing Google search string to find out exactly the answer to what I want. That is such a skill that so many people don't have. And when people ask me questions, I'm always like, oh, you don't know how to use Google. Obviously, yeah. like it's such a skill. Most people at, in any work setting don't know how to Google. And you're like, what did you what have you been doing all this time? Yeah, let me find that answer for you in 10 seconds. Yeah, I just sent back... <laughs> www.justfuckinggoogleit.com 
which is an actual website. Really? Oh, yeah. uh, yep. I've used letmegoogle.thatforyou.com where it literally plays a video of the thing Googling. And I sent yeah. that to my old boss once and it did not go over as well <laughs> as I thought. I thought it was very funny. That's awesome. Um, Good work. She did not agree. <laughs> Amazing. It's a key skill. Okay. My turn. Yep. So... I loved that at the end of this movie when they thought they were going to find this amazing, like, rare, expensive treasure. It was actually just a crown of seashells. I thought that was hilarious and totally different to what you'd usually get. I'm wondering what movie you think has the best treasure discovery. I don't want to get into a fight here. Do it. Do it. Do it. I I have to say, and I wish I'd pulled out my replica, The Mummy. Wow. Uh, Book of the Living, Book of the Dead. I Don't have do a, it. I have, a, <laughs> I have a Blu-ray set that is a replica book. <laughs> and I just think The Mummy, like the archaeology angle really interested me in the fact that uh, Rachel Weiss was like very into it and very excited about it. I liked that there were kind of these dual discoveries and I love all the little the little bits, like the little key that unlocks the thing. I like this little uh, treasure trail of like pieces that all come together at the end more than like just one big treasure. To be fair, that was a good thing about the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that's not the bit of the mummy sprinkling. <laughs> yeah, that's not the bit of the mummy that I didn't like. I actually quite like <laughs> that bit of the mummy. So yes, fair call. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, poor Em from Bootwood Irama. Just cancel your Patreon, Em. I understand. It's fine. Hey, I called out Keanu and said he was tops. That was for Em. I love the mummy. A lot of people yeah, do. A lot of people aren't Liz. I don't. <laughs> I know. I went with Aladdin. The Cave of Wonders. You know, they go into That's the cave. Sweet. It's full of gold, full of like tons of shit that would keep you wealthy forever. Giant rubies and stuff like that. But then you get a fucking genie in a bottle, man. That has got to be the yeah. ultimate treasure. You know, three wishes. Like, fuck, that would be the tit. I would not be here right now if I'd found a genie. I'm telling you that now. And neither would yeah, you no, two. No. <laughs> that would be pretty epic. I just don't know whether I'd make wishing that I'd never have to see Sam again as like my first wish, or would I make it my third? Like, would I do other things? I hope it's like fully monkey's paw. I was like, I, I wish I'd never have to see Sam again. Okay, boom, you're on the fucking sun. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah, no, I just have one um, millisecond of like. What? And then just dead. <laughs> no, I think it'd be that you would then be invisible to me at all times and you could come and do that creepy Invisible Man movie where you're in my house and doing oh, creepy things I and I'm just like, that. I can't see you. Yeah, you would. So you would absolutely fly down and do all this creepy shit. And I'd be like, ah, oh, God damn it, Sam. I know you're there. I'll just throw your TV out the window <laughs> while you're watching it. While you're just sitting there watching it, just pick no. your TV and throw it out the window. And then when you're like, Bad that's Sam. weird and you buy a new TV, I'll do it again the next day. Bad Sam. I think if my TV got thrown out the window by a ghost, I wouldn't just be like, hmm, another one. Well, you're clearly not Liz. Liz would just be like, okay, that was probably just an earthquake. I can can rationalize this. I'm a a practical person. I'll find answers. Yeah. All right. So my next question, I'd like to know which bit of their adventure would have freaked you out the most. Because there's one bit that really was not great for me. And I was literally in the theater going, no, no. And I'm curious what it was for you. Was it crawling through the tunnel? My- <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. I want to hear yours first. Well, that was mine. I forgot about the tunnel. I ha- mine is really rude. I after like Channing Tatum like hyping up how gross his skin condition is, and then she gets into the hammock with him, like pressed up against his whatever's wrong with his skin. I was <laughs> like, ugh. Because I was like, oh, it would be so nice. It would be like so warm to get in a hammock with Channing Tatum. And I was like, what's going on with his skin? Why is he talking about it so much? Why does he need to be covered in masks? Is it that bad? Because I feel like they were talking about it, but it didn't look that bad. Yeah. yeah. I was just imagining something worse and the feeling of it being really bad. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't want to get in that hammock with him. I thought it was actually kind of nice that he was the one with the body hangups. Like that was kind of a cool, again, turning things on his head. And I would have used that as an excuse to be like, look, your back grosses me out. So can you face me and put your arms around me and just draw me very closely into your chiseled body? It's funny, though, because she wasn't that into him at that point. It's kind of funny that she didn't go top and tail, you know, like just, okay, I'm going to lie down this end, you lie down that end. Now legs can legs. No, but I think she actually, that was where she can match our genitals in the middle. Like where he takes off his shirt and she's just like, oh, damn, kind of thing. And she's like, oh, actually, it wouldn't be so bad to be huddled up against this hot dude. But she didn't want to admit it, which is why they had that awkward facing the other way type thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, Sam, you're right. It was the tunnel. It was the tunnel. Oh, my God, the tunnel. The bit where he's just like, just start crawling through that tunnel. I was just like, no, 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 no. I can't. No, it really upset me. I've never been claustrophobic or had a fear of heights. And only recently has that started coming on. Like in the last two or three years, like we were all supposed to go tunneling for work. And I was like, I don't think I can fucking handle that. And then watch the, um, oh. there's a movie on Disney Plus. I can't remember the name of it. National Geographic movie about the, the rescue of the Thai boys football team from that cave in Thailand yeah, yeah. and watch that. And I just was like, even though I knew the result the whole time, I was like, fuck this, fuck that, fuck this, fuck that. Like, no, yeah. I don't know where it's come from, but Hideous. yeah, calling in that tunnel, especially when it looked maybe half a foot smaller than Channing Tatum. I was like, fuck that. Fuck, yeah, go through that. Do that. Yeah. Yeah, I've no, gone down a lot of like Reddit wormholes about caving where it'll be like stories of people dying or like pictures of how if you get in at the wrong angle, like no one can even ever get you out. And they were trying to save this guy and they could like see him, but they couldn't pull him out. And he's suffocating. I was just it, so much can go wrong. Yeah. Oh I don't like it. That movie, The Descent, is so scary. The only the only thing I'll add to that is like, you know how you join the Mile High Club if you have sex on a plane? If you're caving, is that the Mile Low Club? I guess it depends how if you're below sea level. Yeah. Well, if you're a mile low, I suppose. Yeah, mile low club, yeah. Because you're not a mile yeah. high when you have sex. You're like 30,000 feet, which is a lot of miles. So. Anyway, anywho, um, last question from Liz. What do you got? One thing I noticed was that hashtag Sean Mendes was a recurring refrain in Allison's social media posts for Loretta. Um, why Sean Mendes? I've got no fucking idea, but all I'm going to say is I'm going to at him and hashtag him for this episode. <laughs> when when I oh, promo yes. this, I'm totally putting that on there. Do it. I I felt like it was just a young people thing, like everything that happens in Fortnite that I don't understand. And I was like, I guess he's like a hot young person that ha- that has social media, and so the joke is that. But I was truly like, what a what a pick! Like not like a hashtag Selena Gomez or something, but Sean Mendes. All right. Yeah. I feel like he's like that kind of like, I don't know, where they're just like, let's just hashtag a famous person. I want to show my age here. evidence that we are all old. Yeah, I was about to say that. I'm about to show my age here. I don't even know who he is. And I've just noticed he's got 27 million followers on he's Twitter. He's a singer? He's a singer, yeah. Does he date Camilla Cabello? That was the first thing that popped up and oh. apparently just broken up, so... Oh, no, I'm sorry, Sean Mendes. Hashtag Sean Mendes. Yep. Okay, well, I just Googled him, and he is not who he thought who I thought he was. No. And He's also, like a youngster with floppy hair, right? Yeah, and he also spells his name differently than I thought, so clearly I had no idea who they were talking about. That's amazing. Sam, do you have, like, a teen consultant you could, you could call to give a, give a little piece for this? Episode? Maybe. Maybe when one of my mates has a 17-year-old daughter, I might ask her and... Oh dear. Who knows? We're too old. Anyway, let's move us down to the last question. Also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of our mates, Nudrovert. And I've already answered it. But uh, for you guys, when was the best time for a bathroom break? This one, I took me a little bit of time to think of. But I'm going to go with when Beth was being questioned by the police officers at her house before she decided to fly out. Like, it didn't really add anything. They were kind of idiots. The only good part about it was when Alison calls her mother a slut, which is weird. But, you know, you could have missed it. Mine was also the the leeches scene, just because I was like, I was like, oh, that's my sand, that's my Sandy, and she has to, she has to talk about Channing Tatum's junk, like, I, I, something about it. it. Just she has never done like a hard R comedy, you know, like she's. I mean, I think probably the Heat with Melissa McCarthy, but it was a very different kind of humor, and it just surprised me. I was just like. I'm not used to this from her. I'm used to family friendly. Like I was some like little old church lady. It just really surprised <laughs> me. I like that scene. Should, he should be kneeling by, he should be kneeling in front of her junk. What is this? Yes, please. I mean, that would have also been good. Anywho, enough of that. Enough of Channing Tatum's ass. Let's, uh, no, let's... there is never enough of Channing Tatum's ass. Let's move on. Emily, thank you so much <laughs> for coming back. Tell us all about your wonderful podcast, even though everyone's already listening to it. They listen to us. They must be already be listening to you or know you. Tell us, tell us about it. Do a little promo. I uh, tasteless. I compare movies. I talk about a movie that is critically acclaimed that people love, and I say why a movie that people don't love is better. So, like, if you're into the Lighthouse with Robert Pattinson, I think that's boring, and you should watch Heartbreakers instead with Sigourney Weaver and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Uh, and I just try to make Sam angry each week, yes. basically. But I think. I did a run where it was like I was 
dunking on all your favorite movies, and I think we moved past that because I ran out. And it was not purposeful, <laughs> but I think it was just all, like, good movies that I didn't like. So I will say up next is, um, unfortunately, the pro side is Death on the Nile because I had to because I just – I had to. So, you know, I'll say nice things about Death on the Nile Ugh, <laughs> soon. So bad. Against what? Clue. What? We just watched Clue. <laughs> Holy shit. We, like, watched it two nights ago. I feel like I watched it two nights ago. We might have been watching it at the same time. What the fuck? Melt. Holy <laughs> shit. I feel like you'll say nicer things about Clue than I will, though. So if you guys want to hear nice things about Clue... <laughs> I'm shocked to say it. Mm, nah, it's it like, right. It was funny because it was like, I don't know, I saw something about it pop up and I thought, Stacey would have never watched that. So I should probably show it to her. I think it was something like the best game adaptations in film or oh. something. And somebody had like snuck that in there as like a joke, you know, like along with the Sonic and Mortal Kombat and all that sort of shit. It was like, oh, his clue is one based on a board game. I was like, oh, yeah. Well, I don't think Stacey's I see what you that. did there. Yeah. Anyway, um, cool. Thanks, Emily. To you know, obviously, yeah. Despite you being wrong every week, I still listen and still enjoy it. So <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Thanks, Liz. That's the fun of tasteless. That yeah, is the fun yeah, of tasteless. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you're welcome, Sam. I'm surprised you hung over from last night, given that you know, I thought you'd still be hung over from our 200 episode, which was hell of a good. Oh my god. A hell of a good time. <laughs> oh my god. I've just. I can't even remember the time I was that drunk. Before that, like it was just ridiculous. I, I don't. I haven't. We haven't obviously done an episode since then. But listeners, just so you know, Liz um, threw up in my toilet and then blacked out on my lounge floor. So that's that's how great that episode went. I sure did. I also then threw up on the main street of uh, Sam's town next to a farmer's market, which was fantastic. So, yeah, I'm never oh, doing no. that again. Ever. Until your 40th birthday, probably. Yeah, until my 40th Please. birthday. Stacey actually yeah. messaged me while you were throwing up and said, I don't know what to do. Liz is on the side of the road throwing up. So, Oh, she was really good, actually, because she didn't make me feel bad about it. She was just like, you're right. And I'm like, yep, drive on. And she was like, cool. <laughs> like, it was good. <laughs> She's just the kind of person you want. She was happy to just sit there, let me throw up, get back in the car, and then move on. Anywho, uh, that takes us down to the end. Next week's episode is on Terminator 2. Or Everything Everywhere and All at Once. I haven't decided which one's going to come out first. Me and Kahu are doing Everything Everywhere All at Once. And me, Machu and Kahu are doing Terminator 2. Anyway, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In or on Facebook and Instagram at Movie Reviews and 20Qs or send us an email at mritqs at gmail.com. Links are all down in the show notes and all that usual stuff. And I'll have links to Emily's show as well, which is, yeah, highly recommend. Anyway, cool. That's thanks from me. Bye-bye. Hello everyone, my name is Nick, I'm the host of Nikolai's Kitchen, and I'm also the host of the annual Livestream for the Cure. Livestream for the Cure is a charity event where we raise money with content creators and podcast partners from around the world for the Cancer Research Institute, a wonderful nonprofit researching cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This is a mission and a future that I truly believe in. And myself and my team worked tirelessly over the past five years to raise over $50,000 for this cause. This year, we're aiming for our biggest single goal to date of $20,000, and we cannot do it without your help. Please join us for the event May 19th through the 21st, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, for 45 hours of content from people all over the world. Together, we can bring hope for a future immune to cancer. The more eyes we reach, the more dollars we raise. Please help us in making this goal a reality. Together, we can make a difference.